You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a pre-2021 draft edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and on today's show, I'm going to be joined by Patricia Trina of Giants Country and the Locked On Giants podcast as we discuss uh, some of the many rumors, options, prospects, possibilities for the Giants in the 2021 NFL draft. Patty, how you doing? How you been? Are you ready for uh, you ready for Thursday? You're looking forward to finally having real things to talk about instead of rumors and scenarios. Oh my gosh, Ed, I am so ready. I have, you know, look, it's been fun covering the different prospects and learning about the different prospects and I feel like I've learned so much and there's still so much left to do, but hey, we're finally going to get some answers. And like you said, we're going to have an opportunity to talk about something different as opposed to mock drafts, rumors, and speculations. Yeah, well, then we'll have, uh, then we'll have all the complaining about what the Giants did, you know, from, from, from fans. We'll have all the complaining about what they should have done to talk yeah, about. Yeah, well, you know, it's part of the, it's part of the deal. So you take <laughs> yes, the good with the is. bad, right? Yes, it is. Patty, what I want to do today, I want to go, you know, we, we hear a lot of things. We've heard a lot of speculation, a lot of possibilities, a lot of ways things can go. And I kind of want to frame our discussion in sort of a buy and sell, you know, sort of sort of manner. So we'll talk about uh, a lot of different possibilities. And and where I, where I want you to go is whether you would buy or sell on you know, on whatever topic that we're talking about. And let's, let's start with, with the number 11 overall pick. There's a lot of different ways the Giants can go. And the way I look at this pick is with, with at least three quarterbacks, maybe as many as five quarterbacks coming off the board in the top 10. I look at the Giants at 11 as being in a really, really good position here. They could get a really good wide receiver. They might get the best edge rusher in the class. They might get an offensive tackle here. They, they might get the best defensive player in the draft, you know, depending on who you think that might be. There's a lot of ways that they could go, but I think that, that when push comes to shove, I think this pick is probably going to be one of those two Alabama wide receivers. Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle. My preference is Waddle, but you know, but you know, I think we're splitting hairs there on on which guy is the better player. So just push comes to shove, would you buy or sell on the idea that it, that the pick at eleven would be a wide receiver? 
I think I would buy Ed because, look, you know, initially everybody's like, oh, they got Kenny Galladay. You know, they're set. They signed John Ross. They're set. But as you know, I like to look at contracts. I like to see how they are structured. I like to see how long they're they're uh, for because I believe contracts give you really good insight into what a team's plan is for a for a particular position and for a particular player. And Kenny Galladay's contract, I found it very interesting that he has a per-game roster bonus in the first year of that deal. Because remember, he is coming off of a of a hip injury. So the when I saw that, I said, okay, why does he only have per-game roster bonus in the first year of that deal? Is it because there's concern that the hip is, even though it checked out medically, is there concern for something or what's going on there? You know, what, you know, it's possible it was another way to, to get him more money, but then why not go with a roster bonus and, you know, which would have been accomplished the same thing. So I looked at that, you know, John Ross is on a one year deal. Sterling Shepard, who I like, who, you know, he's had a couple of, uh, of, Seasons where he's missed time. He's getting the last of his guaranteed money. So I can definitely see where a receiver would make sense because you've got to keep talent in the pipeline. All it takes is for one of those guys to get hurt. And if that happens, guess what? You've now got a built-in excuse for Daniel Jones if he doesn't take that next step forward. All right, next one for you, Patty. Next one. Dave Gettleman, when we talked to him last week in our little pre-draft video conference, Dave didn't drop the, you know, my mother could scout this guy line that he used on Saquon Barkley a couple of years ago, but he obviously seemed very enamored of Florida tight end wide receiver, hybrid guy, whatever you want to call him, Kyle Pitts. He said he was uniquely talented, and you could tell that this is a guy Dave would be very interested in. There's been some speculation. I think you know, Good Morning Football the other day posted a sort of wild trade scenario with the Giants moving all the way up to number four and giving away a whole bunch of draft you know, draft, uh, picks plus Evan Ingram to go get Kyle Pitts. Would you buy or sell on the idea that Dave would actually try to make a move up to go get Pitts? Ooh, you know what? I would love for them to get Kyle Pitts. That said, I think I would sell. I don't think, I mean, look, next year, the draft uh, talent is going to be a lot deeper than this year. Hopefully by next year, there will also be more of a return to normal. Um, and that teams will be able to do the scouting the way that they have done it in the past. I don't think I would want to touch the draft stock next year. Uh, if anything, I would look, I would want to add to it. I would consider, you know, trading, if an opportunity came up, I would consider trading and adding extra picks, you know, future picks, because they're not going to get any comp picks next year, given what they did in free agency. So 
you know, bottom line is as much as I love Kyle Pitts, as much as I, I would just jump for joy and do cartwheels up and down my street if they were to somehow get him, I would not trade up to get him, no. I agree with you there, Patty. There are two players who, you know, if, if I'm Dave Gettleman, there are two players in this draft. I think I may absolutely break a hip jumping up to try to turn the card in so fast if they happen to fall. Pitts is one, and Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU, is the other. But considering what the Giants have, considering where they are, they're not one pass catcher away from Super Bowl contention. I just can't see, I just can't see any justification for you know, for trading away in premium draft capital to go get a guy at this point, to go get a non-quarterback at this point. Which which brings me to the next buy and sell scenario, Patty. The Giants are sitting at 11, and we know Dave Gettleman has never traded down, and we know how much speculation there is about that, and we know every year he says, well, I'm willing to, you know, but I don't want to get fleeced, and and it just hasn't happened and all of that. You're in a situation this year, only six picks. There might be a team like the Patriots at 15. There might be a team like the Bears at 20. You know, maybe somebody else. We saw the, the crazy, you know, fake tweet the other day about the Chargers trading 13 and 77 to the Giants. Would you buy or sell on the idea that the best thing for the Giants to do in this draft might be to move down a few spots and, and collect uh, collect some other assets. Oh, wow. I don't know, and I'll tell you why. It would depend on who's on the board, um, how, the, how the first 10 picks fell. If I had, let's say – for argument's sake, five quarterbacks go, which I I don't think is going to happen. I would be surprised if five quarterbacks go in the first ten rounds. Um, I then I think it might make sense, but that's a tough one, man. I I, I get Dave, where Dave's coming from, where you know you don't want to get fleeced, you also don't want to potentially miss out on a good player. But I, I think it's got to it's got to come down to how the board goes. Ed, I mean, it really does. I don't think there's a, a yes or no answer here. Um, again, I, I know I said before that, you know, you would want to add picks for next year, given the amount of, of talent that is projected to be in the draft. But at, at the expense of uh, moving down, yeah, I don't know. That, that's a tough one for me. I, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say sell on that one. Even though, you know, I realize that if you're going to get more picks for next year, you've got to, you've got to make some kind of a trade, but I'd almost rather see them make a trade at the trade deadline where they trade a veteran that now no longer fits into what they're doing and pick up assets that way. You know, Patty, I, I will be the first one to admit I do a mock draft every Sunday you know, throughout uh, the build up to the draft and I've done a bunch of them and, and along the way I've kind of gotten addicted to playing around with the simulators and, and, and I do all kinds of scenarios. And, and the one thing where I think I would have a hard time saying no to a trade down somewhere from 
13 to 20, let's say, I would have a really hard time saying no if a team was willing to put a number one, a first round draft choice on the table for next year. I think that's the one scenario where, where I think I would absolutely say yes. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, obviously that, especially if it's a team that, you know, you think is rebuilding and you have a chance of getting a high pick. But yeah, I, I don't know that that would happen. I mean, that, I guess you never say never, but it, it would depend on the package. It would depend on, you know, how the board falls. I mean, there's just so many different variables, uh, to really say for sure, yes, I would definitely do it or no, I wouldn't do it. All right, Patty, one more, one more scenario at 11 that I, that I want your, your buy and sell opinion on something that we're hearing increasingly. And, and I will admit when the Giants signed a Dory Jackson, I immediately discounted the possibility that they would go cornerback at 11, that they would draft, uh, Patrick Sertain, uh, JC Horn or Caleb Farley, you know, one of the, the top three corners in the draft. You're hearing more and more speculation that cornerback at 11 is still a possibility that the Giants are discussing. And the more and more I think about it, the more it makes sense to me when you think about sort of leaning into a strength, leaning into what is already a really good secondary and turning it into an absolute lockdown secondary, you know, which, which might be the right way to go if you don't think there's an edge rusher that's worthy of, of the pick at 11. Would you, do you buy or sell on the idea that, that cornerback is a realistic possibility for the Giants at 11? Oh, I would buy it. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, we talked about this a little bit, uh, before, but, Look, the Giants, you look at what they have at cornerback, all right? They, you say, okay, they signed a Dory Jackson. He's going to be their, their number two cornerback opposite of James Bradbury. And then your defensive, you know, you're going to have Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers. You're going to have, um, Xavier McKinney and Darnay Holmes. But you also look at the fact that when, when McKinney came back, he kind of edged Darnay Holmes out um, for some playing time. Now, yes, Darnay Holmes had a had an injury, but even when he started to get healthy again, he never really got those snaps back. So you also look at the fact that Gettleman said that Adoree Jackson can play, you know, inside and outside, and you say to yourself, hmm, are they going to maybe move these guys around? And if they do, who are they going to get to the outside? You're going to put, you know, Isaac Adam out there. You're going to put um, Holmes out there. Who are you going to put out? So, you know, I think that if they shore up that defensive secondary, that's going to help the pass rush. I mean, there were many times last year that you can make the argument that the Giants just barely got to the quarterback. You know, they were maybe a split second too late. And that's because some of these quarterbacks were able to get rid of the ball so quickly. Because, you know, the, on the back end of the defense, you know, if you, if you targeted who was opposite of, of James Bradbury, you know, you basically had success. So I could see a scenario where the Giants might be thinking, okay, let's 
really plug all the holes in that defensive secondary. Let's add some more depth, and that will help our pass rush because right now I think we can all agree that there is not a Chase Young type of prospect amongst the pass rushers. You know, Micah Parsons is very good. You can make the case for the kid from Georgia, Ojulari. You can make the case for, you know, maybe Jalen Phillips, um, Gregory Rousseau, but none of them are Chase Young level. So um, depending on how Dave views his philosophy and how the coaches view their philosophy, do you beef up the back end of your defense and just say, okay, you know what, we'll force more coverage sacks? Or do you just say, you know what, we got enough back here, we're good, we're going to focus on the front seven of the defense, you know? So, so it really depends on how they view things and just kind of having gone through one year with this coaching staff, you can see they kind of place a premium on the back end of that defense. Yes, they do, Patty. And this isn't really a buy-sell thing, but it's the last thing I want to address really before we, uh, you know, before we take a break here. Um, I'm curious between Dave Gettleman, longtime NFL guy, obviously, you know, in his second stint with a, with a team as, as GM and Joe Judge, we know it's a collaboration. Between the two, Dave talks about that all the time. I think Dave tries to give coaching staffs, you know, the types of players that they want. But what is your gut feeling between which one of those guys, if there's a disagreement, you know, in terms of, you know, maybe we want, we want position A or we want position B or we want player A, we want player B. What is your gut feeling? on which one of those guys has has a louder voice at the end when push comes to shove and a decision's got to get made? Well, I mean, historically, the GM has always had the final say. So that's a tough one because Joe Judge strikes me as the type that, you know, when he wants something, he's got a a very good reason for it and he's going to make a compelling argument um, but again, the GM historically has always had the final say. So even though it's a collaborative, collaborative effort, and you and I have talked in the past about how we always speculated that Tom and Jerry weren't on the same page all the time, I think Joe and Dave are closer to being on the same page, as close as you're going to get without, you know, considering that you're talking about two different personalities and two different uh, people. Um, but I'm going to say Dave will probably have the final say. I mean, that's how the organization is set up. And I think Dave will, will probably look to convince Joe if there is a disagreement and say, look, you know, here's what I see. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, it's, it comes down to a matter of Joe might be missing a perspective. I, you know, I doubt it because he's so thorough, but, you know, Dave, I think, has the final say, and I think that's how it would probably work. And if it was really, you know, if it got um, contentious, then I could see maybe ownership stepping in because especially with the first-round pick, I think the entire organization needs to sign off on those guys. So you're going to see John Mara involved. You may see um, Steve Tisch involved with that. 
But I think ultimately Dave Gettleman's voice might just be slightly a little louder than the Joe judges in, in the draft room. All right, Patty, let's uh, let's take a quick break here for a word from our sponsors at SB Nation. When we come back, uh, we'll play a little bit more buy and sell. All right, Giants fans, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast. We're talking uh, 2021 NFL draft. We're just uh, really hours away from that at this point. And we're talking with uh, with Patricia Traina of Locked On Giants and Giants Country. We're uh, doing a little bit of buy and sell on uh, on prospects, on scenarios, on on different things that might or might not happen in the draft. Here, here's an interesting buy and sell for you, Patty. And and, and I just thought of this one as we were talking. So uh, this is uh, this is one. We know what Joe Judge's connections are in college. We know he came through the Alabama program. We know the Giants, I think, have drafted uh, a Georgia player every year that Dave Gettleman has been their GM. So here's my buy and sell. Out of the six Giants draft picks, there's going to be at least one from Alabama and one from Georgia. You buy or you sell on that one? I'm going to buy. You know, look. The pressure's on the Giants to win. I think John Mara made that very, very clear. And kind of like, and I know this isn't the best analogy, but it comes to mind. Kind of like how a couple of years ago there was pressure on James Betcher to get the defense turned around. And what did Betcher do? He went back to guys he was familiar with, guys that he knew, that he trusted, that he had worked with. The Giants need to win. And I, I just, I just think that, you know, if you're Gettleman, who I think is on the hot seat this year, if the Giants don't win, I could see where potentially the Giants might make a change after this season. So if you're Gettleman, you're going to say, okay, look, we've had success with, you know, relative success with players coming from Nick Saban schools. We've had, you know, some hits and misses, but mostly hits from players coming from Georgia, where, by the way, I believe Derek Dooley has roots, if I'm not mistaken, one of the assistant coaches on Joe Judge's staff. So, yeah, I, I could definitely see that happening. And, you know, here's the other thing, Ed. You have a bunch of assistant coaches on Joe's staff that are not that far removed from college. So these guys are going to be tremendous resources as far as, you know, having gotten their hands on the guy, having coached them, having gotten to know these kids and stuff like that. So don't discount that. And and I wouldn't be surprised if, for example, you see some Tennessee players come come up for consideration or, you know, any players that maybe Jeremy Pruitt com- uh, competed against. So all that definitely, I think, factors in. So I'm buying it. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you on that, Patty. I think, uh, it's, it's one of those years where you go back to the well, you go back to your connections, you go back to the people that you trust and that you know will tell you the truth. And, and, uh, and, and I think that that leads the Giants to, uh, to, to players from programs they're familiar with. All right. So here's, here's my next buy and sell. We know how important the play of the offensive line 
is for the Giants in 2021. Now, I'm going to set this up by saying that I am more bullish on the Giants offensive line despite what the statistics say and, and, and all of that. We know Andrew Thomas had, you know, had struggles as a rookie. We know Shane Lemieux's pass blocking wasn't good. Um, you know, Matt Pert played well at times, had a couple of, of rough patches as well. I am more bullish on those young guys than a lot of people seem to be. You know, Nick Gates as well. A lot of people think the Giants should draft Rashawn Slater if he's there at, at number 11, and they might do that. I think that the Giants can and probably should look on day two, maybe even early into day three for a player that could be at least competitive as a starting guard. He's a guy that can compete, you know, with, with Shane Lemieux and Will Hernandez and Zach Fulton for, for one of those, one of those spots. You buy or sell on the idea that there should be a player somewhere in that range, um, you know, who can, who can do that? And, and if you buy on that idea, who are some of your guys that, that you would target? I definitely buy, and the reason why I buy is because, again, I look at contracts. Will Hernandez, Zach Fulton, Jonathan Harrison, all signed through this year. You're not going to re-sign all three of those guys after this year. It's just not going to happen. So who's your depth at guard? You don't have any. I mean, at least not that we know of. You have Shane Lemieux. Um, who do you, who else do you have? So you've got to get talent in the pipeline and this is a big mistake that I think the Giants made you know in the Jerry Reese years they they didn't replenish and put guys into the pipeline um, to replace guys as they got older and, and I know Kevin Gilbride has made that point in interviews you know since leaving the Giants so absolutely I think you look day two or day three and I also think there's going to be you know you have a class that of guards that I think is deep enough to where you can potentially get um a, a player who uh in, in day two that can maybe potentially be a starter for you if not this year then down the line so yeah that's a buy for me now as far as prospects um Aaron Banks is a name that I've heard mentioned. Wyatt Davis, Ohio State, is a name. Ben Cleveland is another one from Georgia. We talked about Georgia before. That's a name that um, a, a couple people have mentioned to me as, as a possibility. Um, I'm just trying to think who else off the top of my head. Trey Smith uh, out of Tennessee is a, that's another Smith. program you mentioned. Yep, so. yep, Trey Smith. Um, and there's another guy, I'm trying to think who it is. is. Is it, was it Robert? No, it wasn't Robert Jones. Um, I think, yeah, I think that was pretty much it. Th- those guys are, are, um, are some of the names I would look for. Um, Ben Cleveland is a name that, I, that quite honestly, I've heard pick up some steam of late from, from what I'm hearing. And, you know, Wyatt Davis is, is another name that has picked up, but, um, but yeah, I definitely think they will look, and then, you know, you've also got to look at the tackles, you know, because some of those tackles might project to guard at the next level. And, and that's, that really depends on, you know, how the team views the players. Um, you know, some, and that's the debate everybody's having about Rashawn Slater. Is he a guard or is he a tackle? 
Um, you know, can Alex Leatherwood, for example, play guard? I don't, I don't, I think he's a, a tackle personally, but, you know, that's certainly somebody to keep an eye on. What about, uh, the kid from North Dakota State, Rad, Reduns, Dylan mm-hmm. Reduns? Um, so, so yeah, there, I think it all depends on how they, they view these guys, you know, at the tackle spot. You know, are they legitimate NFL tackles or are they better off uh, transitioning into guard. Um, Robert Hainsey is a guy that, you know, David Turner, who I've had on my show a lot, um, he's a former NFL scout, worked with the Giants. He keeps mentioning Robert Hainsey as a potential fit for guard. So, so yeah, there's going to be options for sure. All right. And so one more buy or sell for you, Patty. The idea, we know that the Giants – would really love to get a premium pass rusher. But there's no Chase Young in this draft. There's no, you know, there's there's no Bosa in this draft. There isn't one of those absolutely sure um, pass rush guys that, that you know is going to be dominant. Can the Giants get, maybe on day two, in your mind, can they get a pass rusher at 42 or at 76 or are are those guys all going to be gone by then? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say if you're going to go pass rusher and you're the Giants, you probably want to look to do that no later than the second round. I don't know if you wait to the third round, I think that's that's calling it really, really close. So if you don't go edge rusher in the first round, I think you got to do it in the second round. If you if if you're serious about that, um, that that's that's tough because you know you do have. See, here's the thing: you have a bunch of pass rushers that the critics are saying or the draft analysts are saying you don't want to reach for at number eleven, but. If you can get them at number, you know, like between 20 and 32, then do so. Well, if those same guys are sitting there in the top of the second round in those first 11 or 12 picks, wouldn't the, wouldn't the logic apply then? So I, I would say second round for a draft for, for an edge rusher. All right, Patty, last thing for you before I, before I let you go. Um, just other than other than what we've already talked about, anything that you think that the Giants really, really need to address, uh, you know, in this draft, I think we've hit most of the most of the early things. I think we've hit most of the the obvious needs. But any anything else that you can see that they might really want to try to accomplish in this draft? Well, you know what? I've had some thoughts initially about would they want to add another tight end. I've kind of backed off of that. It's kind of weird because every single mock draft I do and I where I use a simulator and it doesn't matter what site I use it on, Pat Fryermuth always pops up in the second round. Um, I don't think the Giants are going to go tight end in this draft. I think more so they've got to add to the running back rotation because – they only have right now, I think, two guys with significant experience um, at running back. And one of those guys, Saquon Barkley, is coming off a torn ACL. So you, you've got to add there. Um, again, looking at contracts, I look at defensive 
line where B.J. Hill, Austin Johnson, Danny Shelton all are signed through this year. So you might want to get another defensive lineman and put him into the pipeline and start developing him. Um, and then, you know, I, I got to tell you, Ed, I wonder what's going to happen with Jabril Peppers. I mean, that's something nobody's really talking about. But quite frankly, I'm surprised the Giants haven't extended him. You know, he's in his option year. Now, maybe they'll do it later on. I don't know. But, you know, if they take another defensive back, does Jabril Peppers become ex- expendable? Do you go with Logan Ryan and, and Xavier McKinney? Or do you maybe draft? Or, you know, do you, what do you do there? So I, I wonder if they, they don't add to the safety group because, you know, they haven't done anything with, with Jabril Peppers' contract. So, um and then, you know, there's also maybe some talk about getting another inside linebacker, but I personally think they're, they're, they should be okay there. So those would be the main positions I think I would look at. You know, they're not going to do anything with quarterback. I, you know, receiver we've talked about, tight end, I don't think they're going to do anything this year about that. Uh, running back, obviously, I think they need to add. Offensive line, they could definitely add to that. Defensive line, yes. Edge rusher we talked about. Inside linebacker, they could probably get away with not doing anything there. And then cornerback and safety, you know, those would be the only other two places where I could see them potentially adding. All right, Patty. And uh, soon enough, we will have all of our answers. We'll have, we'll be able to, uh, to stop speculating and start criticizing what the Giants actually did. So, uh, we, we know fans, you know, we know fans never want to criticize. So, uh, you know, but so pretty soon the, uh, we'll, we'll have our answers and, and we'll be able to change the, uh, the discussion a little bit. Why don't you, uh, let folks know what you've got going on at Giants Country, what you've got going on at, at Locked On Giants, uh, in terms of, of draft coverage this weekend. Yeah, we are going to be doing shows on Locked On Giants all through the week, including Sunday. We'll have a wrap up show. Sunday, by the way, is day two for me for my vaccine. So hopefully I'll be able to, you know, I won't have the side effects. Um, and, and on Giants Country, we are going to have instant reactions. We're going to have film breakdown. We're going to have videos. Um, we're going to try and reach out to some of the college publishers to get their takes. So we're going to have a nice, hopefully, uh, cross selection of opinions and reactions and you know it'll take some time to put it all together it won't be like up right away but we'll get it out as quickly as possible and same thing with locked on giants i'll have at least a reaction uh pod even if it's just you know 10 minutes or so and uh it's going to be busy so uh i i know i'm going to take it easy on wednesday night going into thursday get some extra rest because it will be a busy uh, three days ahead, but I'm looking forward to it. You and me both, Patty. There between uh, between now and, and and Thursday evening, there has to be at least one round of golf in my future. So uh, and, and and as <laughs> and, and, and as many naps as possible because because I'm going to need them. I know. I listen. I've already stocked up on the caffeine for for uh, Thursday and Friday night, and I was making my schedules with um, some of the people I'm going to have on the podcast for for shows and stuff. And I'm sitting there saying, "Oh my goodness, I'm going to be up late." <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, you don't want to sleep too late the next morning because you never know if something happened or whatnot. But it's going to be fast paced, and we're going to be 
dragging. But the good news is it's only six picks. Hopefully it'll stay six picks and they don't have a seventh rounder for which I am eternally grateful, especially after last year. Yeah, that was brutal. That was brutal. It, I don't ever was. want to deal with what four seventh round picks again. Do and not. And Mr. Irrelevant. We had Mr. Irrelevant too. So although, although Mr. Irrelevant to his credit, Tay Crowder is a great kid. He really is. He's, he's a great kid. I've, I, I've, I've had the, the, uh, the good fortune of, of having him on my show and, and getting a chance to, to get to know him a little bit. He, he really is a great kid and, and, and a better player maybe than the Giants expected to get at, uh, at, uh, Mr. Irrelevant level. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. You know, I, I, I like him. I think, you know, he, he has a role on this team, but, you know, they could always add to, to, to their cash, and I think they will. All right, Patty, thank you, as always, for uh, for spending some time with me. Giants fans, thank you, as always, for listening. Please make sure that you check out all of our draft coverage at Big Blue View, our draft hub page, our YouTube channel, our Instagram channel, our Facebook page, our Twitter account, uh, all of the coverage that we will have coming for you. And as always, take care of each other, stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.